0: Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Good morning, everybody. You still love the Lord this morning? Your Amen is not convincing. You still love the Lord this morning? Praise the Lord. We are so thankful today by Jesus just to start, as we mentioned last week, uh, maybe before that, to just welcome those of you who are with us for the first time and to welcome all our churches that are live streaming as well and all other people who join us on social media, as well as welcome our Soweto TV audience that joins us. Thank you so much for being part of the service today. We are starting uh, today, and as from next Sunday, every first Sunday of the month, to tell the story of our journey over these 40 years. Uh, starting today, we will be looking a little bit at what I want to call the preparation years or the formative years. We can't do that in detail given the constraints of the time. And because this service is also shown on Soweto TV, we can only be a bit limited in how we are able to tell the story. It's going to be very short in this service. Next service, I'm going to tell the story in more detail. I've also taken the liberty to invite people that I'm always talking about. And if I was American, I'd say, y'all haven't seen them. And obviously, I couldn't invite everybody, not everyone was able to come, however, we do have one of the people here who actually used to preach at the Ronane Rebita High School then, these days it's called Secondary School, at the high school in Skanontwane. And before I got born again, he used to be among the people that would faithfully preach at the assembly. And I would listen to this gentleman preaching, a student himself, by the way, or a learner himself. You know, the words are changing so much. We no longer know what to say. Is it a learner or a student? One of the two. And I thought in line with our theme of gratitude, to invite these people who truly have been part of one spiritual formation and journey. In fact, I think in the next service, as I said, I pray to God I can be able to tell the story without being emotional. Because each one of us has a story. And in your story, there are many people that God uses to bring you to where we are. So, Mazalana, we're really privileged today to have my dear brother, uh, Donald Dama, who is here. He actually attends our church commitment, and uh, it's not often that you become a colleague with someone at school, and then they become your pastor and become your bishop, and he's been very faithful in being at our church. Uh, brother, can you please stand, sir? I want the people to get to see you and know you. Come on, uh, please remain standing. Oh, come on, Bazalana. Let's give the Lord a big hand for what come. Thanks so much, sir. We well, appreciate. It. Thank you, thank you, sir. Uh, you know, the most of the people will be coming in the next service. Seven o'clock is not an easy service at all, at all. So, but he was able to come. Rodon, I just wanted to hear it from me, sir. And from this church, we really thank God for your role. Also, there's a short clip here, about six minutes, that was compiled, wherein they went to several people and interviewed them about the life before Kebam Fundis. And it probably will be intertwined with other things. So, as part of the sermon today, and for your benefit on So to TV, we have this very, very short clip. And after that, I'm going to be preaching as well. Watch the clip and enjoy. God bless.
1: Bishop Mosa, as I have known him, was a very open-minded person, a person who always asked questions, was willing to learn, was very keen to know more about his faith and about his work with Christ.
2: But there were some questions. There is the corner which we were not satisfied and they were not covered. We teaching Sabekuna as a yoga and then teachings like the, the Holy Spirit and we started being curious about it, in
3: Year
2: ends, the book of Acts and the happenings as in the the power of the Holy Spirit, the time talkings and the, all those questions for which why are they not happening?
1: I met Musa Sono, Reverend Musa Sono is coming to high school, we're doing from four. I was new in Sweden from Pretoria and uh, uh, somehow we began to dialogue with Musa and our talk was based on scripture on the word of God. He asked me several questions and that is when we bonded and became friends. And uh, it was not long because I'm from an atmosphere of prayer. During lunchtime, there was a longing for me to go and pray. And I said to Musa, I can't go on. I'm going to look for a place to pray. And a few weeks later, I don't remember, one of my friends said, we need to go to pray at Sister Fikile's home. And that is where uh, Zwelli, the one who invited us, said, Mo Kenny? I for Musa, I laid my hands on Musa. Musa fell on the floor, praying in
2: tongues. And Hey, I've got this. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, he told us the story, how he spoke in tongues, how I put my mat, and so on. Those things. He, Instead of laughing, but Tina will say, Mina, I should get this now. Now, Uma, this is what he told me now. We were going a number eight, go. So in there, if you don't want to go into the corner. now we went in there. We didn't want to go into the church inside. But we used the place, the ground inside. Yeah. And then you know, it was a yard, well a secured, well fenced. And then uh, we started praying. And then uh, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I knew in my in my heart which this is a day for me. It was like a lightning that hit us like a, something a bright light but our eyes were closed but i could see that light it was too much yes shire yes apart from this each each other we were about three meters away from each other we looked at each other then we started laughing embracing each other singers what to say we were laughing and he looked at me and said you've got it yes we've got it we got it we have arrived our friend the deity was left now and also now and hunger now left out the in this journey. This one afternoon he came from work and I think it was a Friday, and uh, he joined us in the very same uh, place of worship in this church, the church of England. Was taller, busy, say interceding. He came He sneaked in. He said, "He there's an And then, when we stopped, somebody will to a Something stopped us. Sastopa, and then uh, he was attended to. And then uh, we laid hands and uh, Musa Sono, your bishop laid hands, Giana, and then uh, Jerry Christ here in the Holy Spirit.
3: We are here at the AFM Church in Zone 6, uh, where uh, Bishop Musa Sono came in the early 80s, I think 1980 or so, came here and was baptized um, uh, by my dad, the late uh, Pastor Horsam Tembu, and then when he came in, um, he became part of the ministry and began to serve. So, Bishop Musasono was my Sunday school teacher here, Uh, actually, because there were many classes, so as the Tiny ones. I was about eleven or so and he used to teach us under a tree. And uh, a lot of amazing things happened under 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 the, the, the tree. He was really teaching us the real things. It was not just about, you know, normally in Sunday school for tiny kids, you only teach them about the story of creation, which is good as a foundational uh, precept. But uh, Bishop Musa taught us even about the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And and at that tiny age, um, I, I I was one of those who were that he laid hands on and were baptized in the Holy Spirit. 11, 12-year-olds, I started speaking in tongues and together with a few of my friends through his ministry. Wow.
0: Come on, let's give the Lord a hand. Yeah. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like watching these things. young Lisa, She just makes me cry. Anyhow, Psalms 103, verse 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives us of all our iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Just to mention, Gerald Mtembi, Muruti Gerald Mtembi will be with us in the nine o'clock service. And Piwe Zuma will also be here in the nine o'clock service. So you'll see the in person so that you know that these are just not stories. These are real things. I pray that as we go through the psalm, we will get the feeling of what David is talking about. Because this psalm focuses our thoughts on the goodness of God. And it offers gratitude to him for who he is and all that he has done. And that's what we're trying to do here. Someone called this psalm, this psalm 103, the Hallelujah Chorus. Notice that in this psalm, in the text, he addresses his soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. He's reminding himself as he's praising the Lord of all that God has done for him. But in the context, he's using the grammar wherein he's instructing his own soul. Let's look at what makes up this psalm. I only took five verses that I'd like us to look at. Verse 1 and 2 reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We can call that praising the Lord and counting your blessing. In this prayer, in this psalm, David is not asking anything from God. It's a prayer of nothing else but a praise to God. In this statement, there's no supplication, there's no request, there's no petition, there's no plea. It's simply pure, unadulterated praise to God. Something that we need to learn to do. David was awestruck with God's blessings. Well, we're not told about the circumstances in which David received this psalm. But it's not difficult to imagine how it happened when you look at his life, counting his blessings, instead of complaining about his burden, instead of complaining about what he was going through, it dawned upon him about how much God had done for him. He realized how good God has been to him, and how he, undeserving he was in receiving all these blessings. And because of that, springing up from the depth of his heart, gushing out from his spirit, he began to write on the parchment, came this prayer of praise, this benediction, expressing his gratitude towards the Lord. David praises the Lord with his song. And if you ever have a problem praising the Lord, may I ask you, go to the book of Psalms. Go to Psalms 103 and read this Psalm. The word Psalm means a song. In fact, all Psalms were sung by the Hebrews. The canticles as the book of Psalms is also known as a hymn book. So David sang this song of praise to the Lord. You can see in this psalm, David is full of emotion. You can almost hear the passion in his voice. He's passionate about what God has done. He's saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul. In other words, I'm praising God with all my heart. I think David would really have a difficult time in some of our churches today. Because in his way of praising and worshiping, he believed in putting his all into praise in fact this ancient hebrew king was such an accomplished musician a man who sang with feeling and conviction a man who sang joyous songs of praise to the lord his words were not dry his praise was not stale when david sang his praise was full of life his praise was full of energy his praise was part of his worship. You'll recall that David was not only worshiping, but he was also accustomed to dancing when he worshiped. May I remind you of one incident where his wife, Michael, did not approve of David's dancing. She actually criticized him. And in turn, God judged this woman for her criticism. We find that in Samuel chapter 6. Verse 12 to verse 23. It reads as follows. Now King David was told the Lord has blessed the household of Obedidom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidom to the city of David with rejoicing. Notice that. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. David was wearing a linen ephod. He danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and, fellowships, and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread. A cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israel, both men and women. And all the people went to their houses. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. And Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death judgment fell on her. You see, when a person who dances and who worships God, it means their praise and their worship is not dry and monotonous because they dance and they sing along. In other words, David's praise wouldn't be like the funeral requiem wherein people with sad faces and long countenances sit there It was a song of praise. David sang it with joy. David sang it with a deep desire to let God and all else who could hear him know how much God had really done for him and how much he wanted God to be the only one to receive the praise and the glory. And so you see in the writings of Psalms, there are many other Psalms with these kinds of praise. Psalms 34 This is a psalm of David when he pretended to be insane in the presence of Abimelech who drove him out and he departed. And David writes, Psalms 34 verse 1 to 8 in the New Living Translation, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened and he saved me from all my troubles. From the angel of the Lord is a God. He surrounds me and defends me from all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joy of those who take refuge in him. Come on, I think we can give the Lord some praise this morning. Come on, seven o'clock, we can give the Lord some praise. Come on, you can give the Lord a shout this morning. Hallelujah. He writes in Psalms chapter 66, verse 1 to verse 5. I, knew the, I read the New American Standard Bible. Shout joyful praises to God all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he performs for his people. So if you don't know what to say, go to the book of Psalms. Read it and make it your own. Take those words and make them your own. You can read also Psalms 81, Psalms 92. Many other Psalms are songs of praise to God. You see, David was serious about praising God. It wasn't something he only did at the temple during religious ceremonies. It was part of his everyday experience because he was deeply grateful to the Lord. He couldn't help it but praise him. So we need to consider this when it comes to the way we sing our songs of praise and the way we worship. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. And then in verse 3, he says, Who forgives all your iniquities. (laughs) who heals all your diseases. In short, in verse 2, he's talking about life in relation with God. He says life in relation with God is whole. It's healthy. See, one of the names of the devil, he is called the accuser of the brethren. That's Revelations 12.10. You see that in the life of Job, where we see Satan going before God to accuse Job. We have every reason, therefore, to believe that he goes before God even now to accuse us. And he goes before God and he says, look at what they have said. Look at what she did. Look at how they have sinned. Look, this is the hundredth time they're doing this. How can they really say they love you when they're acting like that? And let's be honest, he doesn't have to lie about us. Because it's true, sometimes we behave like that. No, however, there's not enough faults in all our lives that cannot be covered by the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And David says, this God that we are serving forgives all our iniquities. No matter how many times the accuser goes before God, God forgives us all our iniquities. The reason we can say that it's because 1 John 2, 1 and 2 tells us that we have an advocate before the Father. We have one who goes before the Father on our behalf. We have Jesus Christ the righteous. When the old devil accuses us, our advocate Jesus raises his nail-pierced hands and says, just a minute. Just a minute. My blood flowed. And when I look at them, I see no stain of sin. I see no wrong when I look at them they are not guilty I have bought them with a price Even if their sin can be red as scarlet I will wash them and make them white as snow And he raises his hands and say they belong to me And David writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit I understand God's forgiveness That's why I can bless him Because you see nobody can remove the stain of sin Nobody has the power To remove the stain of sin but Jesus Christ and he himself. And so we as believers, we stand before God not because of what we've done. We're accepted before God not because of our righteousness but because of his righteousness. He forgives our sins and then second part, he heals our diseases. Now, we do know that God heals us physically. And he heals our bodies and we can affirm that. But remember, the subject that he's addressing is his soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So the diseases he's talking about, it's not only the diseases of the body. Though we know our God is the great physician who knows how to heal our bodies and to listen to our physical needs and petitions. In fact, It says in James 5, Is anyone sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sin, he will be forgiven. Though David is aware of God's healing power of physical bodies, yet physical healing is really not the only thing he's talking about here. He's telling God that you heal our bodies, yes, But you know how to deal with the diseases of the soul. Who can change the soul of a person? Who has the power to transform the darkness in a human heart? Only God. God is able to heal us in our hearts. He's able to heal our soul. He heals us and takes away sin. But he heals us from fear. He heals us from doubt. He heals us from depression. He heals us from anger. He heals us from lust. Come on, I want to hear those amens. He heals us from jealousy. He heals us from pride. He heals us from greed. And the list goes on and on and on. These soul diseases can be traced back to our fallen nature. When man fell in the garden of Eden. But even that fall, it wasn't permanent. God is able to heal our soul. And then in verse 4 and 5, David further says, This God redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed as an eagle. What is he talking about? Thirdly, he's saying, Life in relationship with God is meaningful. And meaningful. See, because he forgives our sins, he then gives us a relationship. Because he heals our souls from diseases, then we can see that our life is meaningful. In other words, David is trying to say in verse 4 and verse 5, God keeps your life from going to waste. How many people waste their years of their lives in things that don't count? They spend their days in pursuit of temporal passing things. They work so hard and yet wake up one day empty, tired, feeling that there's no use of going on. In fact, they end up feeling betrayed because they think they worked so hard to obtain, failed to bring them satisfaction for which they longed for. See, the world can never offer us any hope for meaningful living. As much as we need all things, money, material things, power, positions, education, success, fame. As much as those things are okay, but they'll never satisfy the yearning of a human heart. Only God gives our life purpose. Only God gives meaning to our lives. Only God keeps our life from going to waste. It's only in God that our lives are lived with eternal purpose. I can tell you, Bazzalona, at the age of 62, when I've been watching this, I was saying to myself, thank God that my life went into this. I'd rather it had gone into this than in me trying to work some other thing else. And you waste your life for something that can never satisfy. All lives not lived in Christ are only a shell. They're only empty. People laugh and smile out there But they mask the pain in their hearts. See, this is one of the benefits of knowing God. Our lives count. Say it with me. Make it personal. My life counts. Say it again. Say it again. Tell three people, tell three people your life life counts. Tell another two people your life counts. Your life counts. You see, this is one of the benefits of knowing God, our lives count, our lives are not lived in vain. know, our brother Donald Dama, all the time he spent preaching, he didn't know that he is investing in the life of someone who's going to lead a church one day, he didn't know. He wasn't doing it to be paid. No, he was doing it out of the goodness of his heart. And he will tell you, Kosko Long back then, when you stood up and preached as a guy, handsome guy like him, the girls would laugh at you. The teachers would mock you and scoff you. I remember preaching one day, and after preaching, one of the teachers came over to talk to me. I thought, hey, today I got a fish. Someone finally has listened to my message because when you preach, the girls would giggle. And they would make funny noises. So I thought at least today there's at least one person who has heard my sermon. And then the teacher came to me and and the teacher said, can I talk to you, Musa? And when I talked to the teacher, then the teacher corrected my grammar. And said, it's put, not put Oh, yeah. (laughs) But you know, when you're doing that, you look like a fool, particularly in the '70s, where being born again was not something that people knew. You look like a fool. They would even tell you as a young guy who's handsome, what a waste! They used to tell him what a waste. At least with him, the teachers never used to you never used to correct his English because this man can English.) <laughs> In fact, that the first time I heard that the word bias and he stood there, he says, my biases. I said, what is biases? What is he buying? <laughs> you know, those people that you listen to, after you listen to, you must consult the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. But there it is. No waste at all. <laughs> Here's an umfundi so who's preaching the church. Aha. Our life in God is not a waste. Tell somebody your life is not a waste. See, our lives count in God. You young people who are serving in the music group here, Ricky Buenleluna for a while. Your life is not a waste. Uh, You may not win the Grammy Awards or the whatever awards. You may not have number one in anything or whatever, but you don't know how many people here. Come on now, somebody. I heard one, one gospel One gospel singer, uh, I just forget his name now. And he he was raised in a Christian home. This is in the U.S. And he really messed his life up. Really, really messed his life up. Coming from a good home, messed his life up. Had gotten married, divorced his wife. I mean, his life was in the doldrums. And he said one day, his mom, I mean, he went back to stay with his mom. So one day he's in his bedroom, depressed as depressed could be, wallowing in sorrow. His mother comes to his bedroom and he says, my mother was like Rambo. You know who I'm talking about? You don't know who I'm talking about? Eh? I'm just, I'm not remembering his name. Who, do you know how i no, You don't know, right? I will just tell you, just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember his name, Akashopola his name. Then, then he says, my mom came to my bedroom, didn't open the door properly, he opened the door like Rambo. Boom! He had that kind of a mother. He said, my mother said, you're going to church tomorrow. He said, said, you stop this depression of yours, boy. You go to church tomorrow or else. He says, when my mother said or else, I knew it was or else. (laughs) So he says, then he went to church to the the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. And he says, "I, I went in there. And you know when you are in that state, you don't even want to sit in the front row. You want to see right at the back there. He says, I, I, I just went way back to the back, not just to the back, to the balcony, at the back. I mean, he really didn't want... And he said, but as I sat there in the service, what struck me was this praise in this church. Oh, wow. Maybe Ricky MMO, I keep It was a praise in this church. And he says, sitting next to me, in front of me, three rows in front of me, was a, a certain brother who was I think western Samoan and he said this brother would sing his heart out and his English was not very English like his and he says then when he prayed this brother would shake but he said as they sang and there's a song he sang he said there was this girl in the choir who had freckles on her and as I watched this girl this girl was lost in praise her face was beaming there was just something about this girl that was beaming from her that told me and said something to me about the reality of god and I said when i went home i couldn't forget the radiance on this girl's face and the music that was sang kept ringing in my head even when i went home and i was i knew god was trying to reach out to me but i was so much of a rebel and I I tried to pull the covers over my head to stop the music from playing, to erase the thoughts from my mind of what I had seen. And he said, but I couldn't. There was something about praise and worship that was extravagant, that was permeating, that was reaching, that was honest, that was real. There was something about their worship that was life-giving, that was life-changing. He said, I just could not. He says, somehow as much as I wanted to stay away from this church, I couldn't help it but go back again. And so he started going back to this church for a while. and, And remember he has divorced his wife, walked away from his family. And one day he's standing in the balcony as he's now at least listening and he's not at the back row, but he's still in the balcony. He says, all of a sudden, over there at the ground floor, he sees his wife and the children. And he says, I ran down to go and meet my wife. Now my life was back to God. my family was back again. What am I must say, That young girl with freckles on her face. She wasn't the preacher for the day. But let me tell you, her life didn't go to waste. I'd rather young people give the prime of their life to God. If I had it my way. I'd get every young person working for God that working for these multinational companies that after they have made all their money, they're going to leave and go somewhere else and leave you with a wrecked body. And all your worth and all your work and all your talents have gone into the grave. All your work and all your talents have, have just turned into physical things that are just for this world. If I had it my way. That's why we give all of you a chance to serve in the church. Now you don't know, maybe just by opening the gate for somebody and showing them they are packing, Lord, you may be there someone to them that day. You don't, you don't know. You don't know. Our lives are not in vain. This is one of the benefits of knowing God. Our lives count. They are not lived in vain. Our lives have eternal significance. This is one of the things that David is praising God for. And then he goes on, he says, he satisfies our mouth. In other words, he he gives us satisfaction in our old age. He satisfies our mouth and our youth is renewed. Remember, he's speaking about his soul and he's speaking to his soul. He's saying that one of the benefits of knowing of being God's people is that when we are old, we will not lack in our soul. We will not lack in our lives. Our soul will not be filled with regret. When we are old, regardless of what circumstances throw at us, when we are old, we will still have fire on the inside of us. When we are old, we will still praise God like we were when we were younger. When we are old, we are like wine. We get better with time when we are old. Because now when you are old, you have a better perspective of life. You have a different view of things that you used to think matter because you realize that there's a lot that we worship that is not worth anything at all. When you're old, it satisfies your mouth and your praise can be genuine. And you know at that age that as much as my outward man is perishing, my inward man is renewed day by day. And you can carry the presence of God as a bigger and a greater vessel. And you have a perspective of God. And you can talk like David and say, I was young, but now I'm old. He will never, he will never ever let the righteous be forsaken. He will never ever let their kids bake bread when you're old, you don't panic because you have been walking with God too long. You know he is never late. You know he is never too early. You don't have a chance to experiment with other things. You have seen him carrying you through time and time and time again. He satisfies your mouth. And your praise is genuine. And that's why when you live for God as you get older, your heart becomes more tender because you know his grace and you know how much he has carried you and you get to know his love and his forgiveness and when you look at others you realize God has hope for them you don't condemn them at all you know if God can get hold of them God will do in their lives when he has done in your lives when you are old your youth is renewed as an eagle Give the Lord a big kind of praise because he's worthy. He's the satisfaction of our lives. On oh, the group just to come up here and just sing us the goodness of God for a while. Yes, I give you six practical things that you can do this week. Six practical suggestions to consider as you praise the Lord. Sing for me the goodness of God, please, after I've done the six points, okay? Number one. Be aware. What do I mean? Don't forget his benefits. Be aware. Number two, be honest. Be honest with your praise. Don't pretend. Don't put on an act. Don't be a fake Christian. Fake people turn people off. Be honest. Number three, be grateful. There's nothing that encourages praise like gratitude. Have a thankful heart. Number five, number four, I love it. You're listening. Be vocal. Tell someone. Tell them in words. Tell it with a song. Bless someone with your testimony. Number five, be natural. Praise God in a way that is natural to you. If yours is to sing, sing. If yours is to speak poetry, speak poetry. If yours is to dance, dance. If yours is to raise hands, raise hands. Be natural. And finally, be consistent. Let praise be a part of your everyday experience. I was laughing two weeks ago, three weeks ago. One of our pastors in one of our branch churches says in the morning as they were preparing for the service, in comes in this guy who is in the ministry of help driving in with his car and the music is loud. <laughs> and it's all worship music. So he says, I was really taken aback the way the music was so loud. The brother didn't have the windows open, but you could hear him in this car. He was rocking. So he packs the car, and Fundi says jokingly, I go to the guy and say, I have a man. <laughs> 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 um, <Adolfo Bishop. laughs> his music is not low, he plays his music very loud. We shouldn't apologize for praising God. Praise Him with everything in you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And today I want to pray for you. If it is that you've walked away from God, those of you watching by way of television, maybe you are like this man I was talking about. Maybe all that life has done to you is to offer you bitterness and sorrow. It's not too late for you to draw nigh to God. The Bible says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You take a step towards him, he takes a step towards you. He's a God of mercy and love that can never be measured. And right here in this place and those who are watching in other places who are streaming, if you want to give your life to Christ today or if you want to reconcile to God maybe you've walked away this is your day. You're worthy Lord. You're worthy Lord. And we will not hold back in saying thank you. We will not be ashamed to say thank you. Though the world may try to mock us, but the world didn't change us. It's you who's changed us. Remain standing, please. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here today, and you say, I want to invite Christ in my life. I want God to change me and make me a child of God. I want Jesus to transform me. Maybe you have backslidden Maybe you, you're not where God wants you to be. Maybe you've never even received Christ in your life. You don't know what it's about. But today you realize only God is able to change lives. Our heads bowed, please, our eyes closed. And even in the churches that are streaming, if you want to invite Christ in your life and you say, Bishop, please pray for me. My life is not right before God, but I want to bring it before God. Would you raise your hand if you are that person who needs the prayer. Just raise your hand high. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. I appreciate them. I appreciate them. I appreciate them. Thank you. Thank you. May I ask the people who raise their hands. Can I ask you please to come to the front? I want to pray for you. Take all your belongings. Please don't leave your belongings behind. And just walk all the way to the front. The ushers will help you. Ashers, please help them. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.